Welcome back. So it's exciting to have everyone back and welcome back to all of you who are in the house, those of you outside making your way in and those of you who are joining us online. Uh, in fact, if you're here, just go ahead and wave at the people online. They can't see you. I just wanted to see you wave your hand. Uh, but we are thrilled to have you with us tonight. Whether you're here or whether you're there, the fact is we're together and we get to worship the Lord together tonight. And uh, whether you're coming from your couch or whether you're here in the house with us, and we're thrilled to have you with us. So if you are new, I wanna encourage you to download our app. Uh, you can access that right from online or you can access that if you just go to your Google Play or to the App Store, type in Element City Church, you could download that. We travel light with us. Uh, everywhere we go, everywhere you go, we'll be with you and you can access things along the way. Um, if you are online campus, we've got some incredible hosts who are welcoming you, they'll engage with you, wanna even pray with you if you need that. And we'll have prayer down front tonight at the end as well if you need that here. So, everybody doing okay? Yes. Nodding, yes, okay, there's nodding, there's good. Uh, we're thrilled to have you. Um, wanted to let you know a couple different things. So, uh, I wanted to give an update on uh, Pastor Brian, and if you didn't know anything, uh, last Thursday, uh, he was kind of struggling with a little bit of confusion and finding thoughts. They took him into the ER, he did some tests, found out that he did have a mild stroke, uh, and so we are praying for him. He is now home, got home yesterday. We want to let you know that so that you can join us as a church family in praying for them. Uh, they don't fully know exactly what caused it yet, and that's what the trips to specialists this week will be. So here's the prayer request that Kimberly asked me to give to you and for all of us to pray. Is just pray for healing uh, for Brian, that he would be healed up from that, and specifically that with the tests that they run and the conversations they have this week with some specialists, that they would be able to determine what exactly that was so they can work a game plan for the future because that would be good for his health and we wish him well we're praying for him if you have questions about that come see Brian uh, come see myself or David afterwards we'd love to answer those questions if you want to help in any kind of way we could tell you how uh, you could do that and uh, so can we just join as a church family praying for him uh, we'll do that in a moment uh, also letting you know that um, let's see do, 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 do. I should know this all right the, uh, you got the app, oh, Church of the Week, that's what it is. So every week we've been praying for a different Church of the Week. This week it's Trinity Lutheran Baptist Church. And so as we get started in prayer, let's lift up Brian, we'll lift up Trinity Lutheran, as well as our time together tonight. So would you join me in an opening word of prayer? Father, we're grateful for um, your goodness to us. We're grateful that you are sovereign, you over all situations that we face in life. And we ask that you continue to put your protective hands upon everyone who calls Elements Home and your church across the city and across the globe. Father, we ask that you'd help your church to shine your love and your hope and your grace into a world that desperately needs more of that. Would you show us practical ways to do that? We wanna pray for Brian and Kimberly and the kids tonight. We ask that you would just allow your comfort and your peace to be with them as they see specialists this week. Father, we're asking specifically that you'd help them to determine exactly what the cause was so that we could figure out a plan moving forward for them that would be for their good and uh, for health for them. And we pray just your healing touch. I uh, thank you that you're a God who cares about what we go through and we ask for your healing touch for them. And God, for Trinity Lutheran Baptist Church, we lift them up tonight as we continue to pray for churches around our city. Uh, their church, just like ours, is trying our best to reach people where they're at 
And so we ask your blessing over their leadership, uh, over give wisdom and discernment to those that are leading there, to the core that are making things happen. I continue to pray that you give them reach into the city. And we ask that for elements as well, that you give us reach to, to meet people where they're at, whether it's digitally or physically, that we be able to meet needs and draw people's attention to you. And God, as we worship you now, we turn our heart's affection and attention to you. We pray that you inhabit these praises and that you meet us in a special way tonight. Father, for everyone who's gathered here in the house and those watching, God, would tonight be a night where your spirit encourages their heart in a fresh and new way. And we ask that in Jesus' precious name. Everybody said, amen. Just invite you to stand with us, whether you're at home, uh, watching online or here. Let's just sing out. People come together, strangers, neighbors, a blood is one. Children of generations. Of every nation of kingdom come. But don't let your heart be troubled. Hold your head up high. Don't fear no evil. Fix your eyes on this one truth. God is madly in love with you. So take courage, hold on, be strong. Remember where our help comes from. Hey!
the praise go up as the walls come down. All creation, everything with breath, repeat the sound. All his children, clean hands, pure hearts, good grace, good God. His name is Jesus. Sing it out, come on. So swing wide, oh you heavens, let the praise go up as the walls come down. Oh creation, everything with breath, repeat the sound. Oh this children, clean hands, pure hearts, good grace, good God, his name is Jesus. One more time, here we go. So swing wide, oh you
I've got a feeling Oh, I've got a feeling the darkness won't last very long Oh, I've got a feeling the darkness won't last very long Oh, I've got a feeling the darkness won't last very long Oh, I've got a feeling the darkness won't last very long Stay. 
So, Lord, we worship you. You are good. You care. And you love us. So tonight we just stand in your presence, Lord, and we absorb this truth, Lord. So whatever you have tonight for us, Lord, may you speak. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would teach us of the ways of the Lord. God, we love you. And we praise your holy and precious name. Everyone said, Amen. You may be seated. Amen. It's so good to, to worship together. And uh, it's really nice to be back together. Um, and, you know, we're thrilled, again, whether you're here, whether you're there, we're together. And uh, a couple quick things before we dive into the message. I just... First off, for those of you who are in the house, and you can clap along at home too, I, I just, I want to, on behalf of our pastoral staff, just say thank you to our tech team uh, who has gone above and beyond uh, the last 13 weeks, our worship team, they've done, worship and tech has done an amazing job adjusting and, uh, and bringing service to you. Uh, in a difficult season and challenging time, and, and it just, they never, hardly ever get credit, and I just want to make sure that they get credit, and uh, because it's been 13 weeks, if you will indulge me, I'd like to take a selfie. That was just because it's been so long. I wanted to commemorate uh, this moment. And, and we're kind of in this series on prayer this summer, kind of spending the, the summer looking at prayer. And there's so much uh, that you can look into it. And as we've been looking last week into the Lord's Prayer, we'll finish that tonight in, into hearing from God. How do you hear from God uh, next week and the next couple weeks together in that 
um, I want to remind us as we dive into prayer and looking into the, what the word has to say about how do we grow our prayer life? Because that's what we're trying to challenge each other is to get better. How do we communicate with God? How do we hear from God? How do we grow in this life of prayer? Jesus modeled this so much, and it's meant to be something that, that we do. That I want us to remember, I don't want you, we don't want you just to absorb information. In the Western world, so much of what we do is we absorb information and then we can regurgitate it, put it back out, we master teach it, and all that kind of stuff. What I want for you to do is to appreciate art. So, my youngest, the Lord's Prayer. In art, see, in art, you don't just absorb something in order to, okay, I got it, and now I can go tell other people about it. In art, what you want is for it to move you. And that's what we want to lean into as we look this summer at prayer. We want to appreciate what God is teaching us about prayer. We want to understand what is he trying to say and how is this growing? Because appreciation takes time. And if we're honest, prayer takes time. It's Sometimes there are those help, help, help prayers, right, that are super quick and, God, I need your help right now. And that's totally fine. I'm not... But the reality of prayer is it does take time. Uh, John Stark wrote a book called The Possibility of Prayer. I shared this quote last week. I want to share it again because I think it's one of the best prayer books out there. So I recommend it. He says, we live in an age of efficiency. We judge our use of time by what we accomplish and produce. Anything we do that seems inefficient or unhurried is a waste of time. I didn't get anything done today. If that's the cry of your heart... If that's how we evaluate our use of time, is it any wonder that we rarely justify the time for prayer, much less any other meaningful spiritual exercise? See, a life with God calls for unhurried time that's driven not by accomplishments or tasks, but by love and communing with one another, being with one another. Nothing's earned or achieved in prayer. God gives everything as a gift to those of us who are still and vulnerable enough to receive it. And so as we dive in to try to grow into prayer, I want us to focus on appreciating. Appreciating takes time. Appreciating takes focus, and it takes energy to do that. And, and it's, it's something that it kind of moves us away from ATM-type prayers we mentioned last week, where you just you kind of walk up into God's presence, you press a couple buttons, and then you walk away with some kind of transaction. No, prayer is meant to be this ongoing conversation where I'm, I'm alert and I'm aware to his attention on me, and he's drawing my attention to him. And it's meant to be this ongoing thing. What you see in the life of Jesus is that prayer was really personal. In fact, that's what captured the disciples' attention. So much so that these Jewish followers who understood prayer, in fact, they prayed a lot, but there was still something about the way Jesus prayed how he prayed, why he prayed, when he prayed, that caught their attention that they said, Jesus, would you teach us how to pray? They already knew prayer, but what they said is, we don't know prayer like you know prayer. And so would you teach us how to pray? And we looked at the backdrop last week of the Lord's Prayer with this idea that we don't have to babble on and on and on. God already knows what we need before we even ask him. He's, he's a father who's tuned in. And so Jesus says, as you pray, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. 
that the, the word that should come to the front of your lips most when you approach God in prayer is Father. I don't know if we fully understand how radical of a statement that was in the first century. This idea that in the Old Testament, seven different times, God's referred to as Father, but it's always from the nation of Israel saying that to God. It's never one person, one follower, Daniel, Moses, David. It's never one person having that kind of relationship with God. And so when Jesus says, when you pray, you pray like this. You can approach your heavenly Father who's tuned into you. You don't have to carry on. He already knows what you need before you ever show up. His attention is on you, and he desires your attention to be with him. And so you can approach him as a father. He'll never turn you away. And so you pray, our Father, who, who is in heaven. So we have an approachability, yes. But we also understand that he's really big, and I'm little. And it's understanding a proper perspective that he's in heaven, I'm not. He's big, he runs universes, I can barely control my own family, right? And so, like, I can barely take care of myself. And so it's understanding this perspective. Hallowed be your name. Your name is set apart, God. It's meant to be revered. It's meant to be appreciated. It's meant to be seen as something so much more. So our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And then let's pick up where we left off. This next phrase, remember this is kind of like a blueprint of prayer. If you have a blueprint for your house, you understand kind of the core details of your house. I have one. It's this blueprint of prayer that's meant to invite us in. It's not the idea that you just pray this prayer all the time. That's not, we're going to repeat it at the end of tonight, but that's not the goal here. The goal is appreciating, understanding. So listen for a phrase that jumps out to you. Begin to ask yourself, why? Why is God bringing that phrase of this prayer to mind? What might he want to be saying to you as you talk about this? So the next verse, verse 10. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's like this divine announcement that's given that God always has your best interest at heart. God always knows what's best in circumstances and in situations, that his ways are the best possible ways to live. It's John 10. I've come that you may have life, and you may have life to the full, Jesus said. That following after Jesus, whether you believe in Jesus or not, I'm here to tell you, is the best possible way to live life. He is your savior if you recognize him as such, but his model of how to live life is the best possible way to live. And so Jesus is saying this way of Jesus is to be different. May your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Can we just have a show of hands? Do we need more of heaven in our earth? I mean, just look around. The last two months, the last two weeks, the last two days, everything that's unfolding, and what Jesus is saying is, God has an agenda. God has a mission. God has a way of living that he wants to see more and more active in our here and now. This prayer is not just pray, Jesus, come back and get us. This isn't just about a second coming of Jesus and him rescuing us and take us to heaven. No, this is about heaven coming onto earth now, that in your here and in your now, 
you begin to see the way of Jesus begin to permeate more and more. N.T. Wright, a Bible scholar, uh, writes about this, that we as followers of Jesus, if you are a follower of Jesus, that you are God's active agents in the world. How would it change your life to wake up every morning to realize that you are an active agent for God? That he has sent you. You are a sent one wherever you go. And that the way of heaven would begin to operate more and more in the way of your here and now because you're there. That this idea that Jesus didn't call us to be fans of him. He called us to be followers of him. And that's why it's difficult if people just wear the label Christian. I'm a Christian because grandma was a Christian, or I'm a Christian because I don't want to go to hell, or I'm a Christian because I just, I think that's nice. No. See, to be a Christian means you're a Christ follower. It means you're an active agent for God, that God has assignments and a niche for you to accomplish and help him in doing and accomplishing in this world. Does he need you? No, but he wants to use you. That's the incredible beauty of the gospel. The invitation that we get to be a part of this. We're invited onto God's team. That wherever you go, you begin to introduce a bit more of how things should work in heaven, here on earth. So, Jack, how do you do that? That seems overwhelming. Well, it is, if you're trying to fix everything. You can't look around right now and go, okay, there's no... There's no one action I can take that fixes everything around me. But the reality, maybe simply, of what we talk a lot about around here is I can do for one what I wish I could do for everyone. And what if followers of Jesus actually just live that out? That I can do for one what I wish I could do for everyone. And so when it comes to racial tension, that you would do for one who's right in front of you, what you wish you could do for everyone and say, I'm so sorry. I want to hear your story. I want to learn. I can't believe this tension has been here. We've got to solve this. And I can't fix everything. But I can try right here to get this right. That maybe for people who are in different scenarios, who are facing different challenges, okay, I, can, I can't fix every challenge that someone faces in this genre, but I can help speak into this one. I can do for one what I wish I could do for everyone, that you are the place where heaven meets earth for someone. And that is an amazing reality of the gospel, that we get to speak into this, that in micro-movements, if enough micro-movements happen, well, then a macro-movement begins to take shape. And isn't that the point of the gospel? Isn't that the point of a kingdom that God let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, that the ways things operate in heaven, your intentions, your desires would begin to play out more and more in my relationships. Friend, if you're bored in your spiritual journey, it is not God's fault. You've settled for building a smaller kingdom, yours. And Jesus is saying, no, no, the kingdom is so much bigger than just your little story. Your story is important. It's valued. Jesus came to show you that. But he wants you to help live into a bigger story, a much larger narrative that you and I get to be a part of. And as we begin to live out in that little niche, the way he's wired you, as you step into that more and more, then you get to find the joy and the significance that that brings as you do that.
that you get to step forward and say, I want to do for one what I wish I could do for everyone, and I want to do for the next one, and for the next one, and for the next one, that you get invited, we get invited, and what if the church, what if elements, but what if the church individually as followers of Jesus just did that? Do you think the world may take notice? I believe so, because I've seen it happen, and I long to see it happen again. I long to be a part of it. I hope you do, that you would say, God, would you use me as an active agent to bring more of your kingdom, more of your desires, more of your ways to operate and to happen and to unfold in my here and now. Leverage my life, Jesus. That's the prayer of a person who's a follower of Christ. That's not the prayer of someone who wears the label of Christian. And that's why where we just wear labels, we do detrimental harm to the movement of the kingdom. Because Jesus isn't looking for fans. He's looking for followers who will be active in that. That you will lead where you're at and you would go. That you would, uh, the next part of this prayer, give us today our daily bread. God, let your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. Would you give me today our daily bread? Would you forgive our debts as we also forgive our debtors? It's obvious that Jesus is talking about provision here, that we can ask God for the provision that we need. And needs are different than wants, aren't they? I'm a testimony to that because I was the kid whose money burned a hole in their pocket. I was the one, wherever we went as a little kid, I wanted to buy everything. Um, you remember the, uh, what do they call those machines where you put a dollar in, you find the, the claw comes down, and it's like, it's chosen. Okay, so you're trying to find a, you know, a stuffed animal type thing. Yeah, like I wanted to spend my life savings on that when I was five. You know what my dad didn't allow me to spend my life savings on? That. He's, no, no, you don't need that. There's difference between needs and wants, and that God is a provider of our needs. It's interesting that the, the word translated daily or each day is a word in Greek that we don't find in writing elsewhere in Greek literature. It's only found here, what we see on display with the Lord's Prayer. The word kind of had a mysterious uh, notion to it. Scholars kind of took, uh, translators and scholars kind of guessed at its meaning. And then a few years back, there was discovered this on this papyrus receipt from a woman who went shopping in the ancient world. Uh, and kind of this word, uh, episo epis I can't say it. You can read it. There you go. <laughs> Episios? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, something like that. But enough for the day, that when she would have these uh, words, like for, you know, flour or for wheat, it would have this word next to it, enough for today. And for a people who live with two refrigerators at their house or an extra freezer in the garage, we don't understand enough for the day. Because we like to stockpile uh, as testimony to COVID. Uh, apparently, we like to stockpile toilet paper. That's a big necessity, I guess. And, and so people stockpile things. But this receipt, this word is saying, like, enough for the day, that we would be continually tethered to the reality that God is consistent in his provision for us. And that maybe part of his provision is realizing that we're okay with the amount that he's providing. And it doesn't mean I can't look forward, and it doesn't mean I can't plan, and it doesn't mean I can't strategize. 
It just says, God, I'm always gonna look to you as my provider. Jehovah Jireh, you're my provider. I can be wise with what you tell me to steward, but I'm not gonna look to other things. I'm not gonna look to me just stockpiling them as much as I can. I want to rest because give us today our daily bread is a, is a plural thing. We speak so much in individual terms in America, but this is a plural reality. Give us today our daily bread that if I was given two loaves of bread, that one isn't just necessarily for me to eat and then save the other one on the shelf, that if there's a need around me, well, maybe I can do for one what I wish I could do for everyone. And you see how this begins to play out that you begin to speak into this idea that I, I meet some needs of others around me, that this cry of, of more and more and more, that it's so much the, the current culture of our reality, that maybe looking to God for our daily bread pushes back against that narrative. No, no, I don't need more just for more sake. I need enough. And God, I trust you to give enough. And I trust you to show me how I can leverage the resources you bless me with to encourage and bless others because give us our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. It's this idea of learning that confession and repentance are so much a part of the spiritual life as a follower of Jesus. It's not a one and done reality. It's meant to be a rhythm of how we live. This word for debts is only used two times in the New Testament. Once here and once in Romans 4, chapter, uh, chapter 4, verse 4. It clearly is this idea of Jesus and Matthew kind of looking at this idea of saying, no, debt is I'm indebted to God. That I have a, a, an outstanding debt before God as, as he's perfect and holy and I am not. I stand with a deficit, and I need his grace, and so I need his forgiveness. And there's to grow this flow of forgiveness in my life as one who learns to gain the forgiveness that God has given me, that I don't stop the flow of that, but I actually begin to exercise that flow and allow that as a reservoir to begin to flow out to the people around me. That if you struggle with forgiveness, forgiving other people, then my hunch is you actually really struggle with being forgiven because it's meant to be this flow, this reality of how we go about it. It isn't this idea that I forgive others in order to get God's forgiveness. That's, that's, a, you know, I, that's an exchange of one thing for another. The reality is we've been given grace and we've been given all the grace we need now and on into the future. And so we don't forgive others in order to get God's forgiveness. He's already given it to us. And that's why he wants this flow of forgiveness to happen. One doesn't gain forgiveness by forgiving, but a person gives evidence of his or her own forgiveness by forgiving others. Uh, practicing this out and realizing we have to anchor ourselves to the cross continually, to this life and the death and the sacrifice of Jesus and his resurrection that proves that forgiveness is real and it's given to us. And then finally, this last part of the prayer is all about allegiance. This idea of lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. It's getting at this notion of asking God for his equipping power and wisdom to avoid areas of sin that sidetrack us or get us sidelined in life. 
God, don't let me get distracted away from the mission you have for me. I'm an active agent for you. I don't want to get detoured and stuck somewhere where, I'm not, where it's not best for me because you have the best interest in my life. You have the best possible way to live life. And so we pray for specific protection from spiritual dangers and things that try to lure us away like pride or bitterness or lust or selfishness or dishonesty or greed, that we don't want those things to root up. But here's the reality. We have an enemy and it's not the person in your row and it's not the person with a different skin color. It's not the person in the culture around you. We have one enemy. Satan, and he wants nothing else but to detour you and detour me and to get us stuck away from being an active agent for God, to help us live in shame and to feel like, no, we can't go forward. We can't live this out. No, no. He wants that. So don't get distracted by that. Trust in the forgiveness and the hope that God gives. Uh, verse, uh, 1 Peter 5.8 says, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. This isn't just, okay, Lord, keep me from being naughty. This is, Lord, we're in a battle, and I don't want to be detoured, and I don't want to be sidelined in this. I want to recognize that the enemy of my soul wants to destroy me, but in your grace, I can walk in freedom. That the enemy wants to convince me that you can't talk to God as Father, He's distant. He's distracted. He's not dialed into you. No, that's from the enemy. Jesus is saying, no, when you pray, you pray like this because this is the reality. And so you begin to retrain your brain and retrain your heart to say, no, this is what Jesus is saying and what he's saying is true. So lead me not into temptation. Don't let me get detoured or sidelined. Help me to push past that, to get through this battle. And that's why confession and repentance have to remain a rhythm of our lives, ongoing, all the time. Again, this prayer is like a blueprint of, of the ways we can pray. There's so much more to prayer. That's what we're going to dive into this summer. But I think this prayer is, is a really important foundation for us to understand. When the disciples said, Jesus, we watch you pray, and I don't pray like that. So would you teach me how to pray? And Jesus answered their question. Well, he's answering the same question 2,000 years later for you and for me. When you pray, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. You get the credit, God. You're big, I'm little. I can't believe I get to approach you as Father, that you understand me, you're dialed in, you know already. Here's my request, but you already know it. And so can we hang out? Can we relate? Because prayer is personal. Can we connect? Can, can you provide for my needs? Here's some of those. Help me to recognize these. Would you help me to understand your forgiveness so I can learn to forgive others around me? Would you lead me not in temptation? I don't want to get sidelined. Would you let heaven come here to earth in the sphere of reach and influence of God? Would you help me to experience it more and more here and now and to help the people I relate with to, to get a taste a little bit more of what it's like with you? D.L. Moody was a famous uh, preacher who said this, I'd rather be able to pray than to be a great preacher. Jesus Christ never taught his disciples how to preach 
only how to pray. Prayer isn't an exercise for the spiritual elite. Prayer is a foundation for every follower of Jesus. And it's up to us to partner with the Spirit, to grow in prayer. I, I hope your prayer life takes some leaps and, and jumps this summer. I hope you look back a year from now and see a growth in your prayer pattern, in, in the way that you can relate to God and to hear him. And so here's what I'd like to invite you to do and for us to do, is the, the worship team's gonna come back up in a moment here and, and lead us in worship. I just wanna create a moment for us to, to say this prayer out loud. Again, it's not about reciting this prayer. Uh, you can do that if it helps you, that's fine. Uh, but it's helping you look deeper. This is a blueprint. So how do you begin to, to take aspects of this prayer? As you read through it, as you think about this in a moment, what phrase jumps to mind for you? What do you keep getting stuck on? And why might God having you get stuck there? What's he trying to show you? How's he trying to pull you forward in your own prayer life, individually? And so I want us to read this together. We'll take a moment of just kind of contemplating, and then I'll close this in prayer. We'll move on with worship. The disciples said, Jesus, the way you pray is so different. So would you teach us how to pray? And Jesus said to them, this then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So read back through that on your own. Where does the Spirit stop you? What word jumps out to you that you're holding on to? Ask God, why? What is it about that phrase, that word? God, what do you want to teach me? How do you want to move me? I want to appreciate what you're saying here. I don't just wanna absorb it and move on. I want to appreciate it, so move my heart. So the challenge this week, starting right now, in this moment and in the song to come, and maybe in a five or 10 minute window that you make for yourself this week is just to sit with this prayer, to appreciate it, to ask the spirit to move you afresh and anew, to maybe show you how he wants to grow your prayer life. And so Father, that's what we ask. Would you stir us individually as a family maybe? God, what is it about this prayer, this blueprint, that you want us to hold on to, you want us to dig into more and more. Would you speak to us? Whether we're here in the house and we're at our own house, would you speak, Holy Spirit?
Would you grow us to be people of prayer? That each one of us would take our next step in that. And that we'd be able to look back a, a year from this summer and have seen growth and transformation in the way we connect with you, the way we hear from you, the way we relate with you, and the way we understand how you relate with us. Thank you that you already know what we need. So would you show us afresh and anew where you want to take us, how you want to move us. Jesus, we love you. In this song, we recognize that you are the way maker. So would you make a way in our heart and in our life to move forward with you, we pray.
Come on, let's sing it. Even when I don't see it. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Stop, you never stop looking. You never stop, you never stop looking. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. Sing it out at home or in here. We make miracle work, promise keep light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are. Oh, we make miracle work, promise keep light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are. That is that is who you are, and that is who you are, and that is who you are, 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 that is who you are. We know it to be true, Jesus. We know it's who you are. You are the one, God. We look to you for every word, for every promise, and for every action. And now is a time for action, God. Now is a time like any other for the church to rise up and put on display what it looks like when your kingdom comes to this earth. 
Lord, we need your mercy, we need your grace, and we need your forgiveness. And we ask you, God, to help us become the active agents that you've called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. That's the message today that I got. He's calling us to be his active agents. And if you're asking yourself, what can I do? You first and foremost need to commit to praying this prayer. Because Jesus didn't just teach this prayer, he actually prayed this way. And Jesus was constantly involved in being active in tearing down walls, bringing forgiveness, showing grace, and it came from the heart of the Father. And this prayer, that the Lord's Prayer, really personally for me, changed my life when I was about 19 years old. When I committed to praying through it about an hour every day for a year. So ask yourself and go to God and say, God, what are you calling me to do in prayer so that I can gain your heart, hear from you, and then move into action? God, make a way where there doesn't seem to be a way. Open a door of opportunity for me right now. I don't see an opportunity, but give me an opportunity. Where do I go? Who do I talk to? What family do I visit? You begin to be so hungry, so thirsty for his kingdom to come that you can't help but devote yourself to praying until he begins to open up the way and show you how to act. If any of you want to pray afterwards or talk about this, I'd like to meet you guys down here uh, to pray with you, to talk about what you can do, because there's a lot you can do in these days and in these times. Amen? have a few uh, closing regards. If you guys want to take a seat, you can. Um, first of all, there's no online 10-minute party after this service. But for those of you who are here live, there is a 10-minute party. So if you're new, we want to connect with you. We want to be able to uh, begin to connect in a way that invites you to see what this body is really about, this family. And just for you to begin to pray and say, okay, God, is this the family you want me to connect with? Is this the church you want me to connect with? And to begin to be a, this active participant in God's kingdom. And so 10-minute parties for you after service right back there in the back. Um, once again, just want to thank everybody. This has been a crazy time with COVID and, and the rest. And this church has continued to give regularly and generously. And we just want to say thank you to that. Uh, for those, again, maybe haven't given recently and you want to give and don't know how to give, you go to our website, you go to our app, and you can find it on there, a way to give. Um, one thing that's really encouraged me and I've seen this in people in restaurants, I've seen this in people through stories, that a lot of people, and I'm, a, I'm assuming a lot of you as well, have been provoked by all these things that we're going through, and you've been provoked to be more generous. Not only to the church, but to people out there in your real world, in the real life, and I just want to encourage us, let's be a generous, giving people everywhere we go and every opportunity that God gives us, amen? Um, if you want to reserve a spot and be here with us next week, that's up on our website, and you can go on there and reserve your spot for next week. For those of you that did it this week, it's the same thing. Um, and then finally, too, not finally, but as you guys see, there's a lot of work going on with our tech, especially the online services and all these kinds of things. If you'd like to be a part of that team 
and you'd like to get involved, you don't have to have any prior experience. They'll train you, they'll teach you, they'll love you. It's great to be a part of a team. And so if any of you want to be a part of the tech team, uh, please let me know, Jack know, uh, any, anybody on stage that you see would know. So we ask you to it, it, pray about that and see if you want to be a part of that. Um, so finally, just uh, I'm going to end on a short prayer. Uh, and again, if, for those of you that want to go to the 10-minute party, those of you who want to come up for prayer and conversation, um, but the rest of you, we just ask you to be considerate. Uh, some people have no worries about COVID. Some people are really worried about COVID. So just, just try to get out of here in a decent manner and in a way that, that respects the, the distancing. And then if you get out there and you see a friend and you know each other and you want to hug it out or something, feel free to do that. So we want you guys to feel free in those kinds of ways. So Father, uh, we thank you for this service today. Uh, to me, this was a special day. It's only been three months since we've been able to gather, but God, it seemed like a couple of years. And I'm just so overjoyed to be in your presence with my fellow brothers and sisters. And once again, God, we just give you thanks for your heart, for us, your mercy to us, your kindness to us. And we wanna be so filled with your love that we can't help but love people around us. And so Lord, we ask that you would send us, help us to be active agents for the kingdom and help us to share the love of Jesus in a way that crosses every boundary, that breaks down every wall, and that gives glory to who you are and what you did for all of us. In Jesus' name, we give you glory. Amen, and thank you. Bye-bye.